Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for Baby Yoda, check with the other bounty hunters. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Quentin Tarantino, why can't you just write a straight historical treatment? As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. In addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots, a no-code chatbot builder, and automated scheduling tools, all created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can listen to my other, other podcast, The Lobby List, a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment, everybody. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own legal toolkit, so your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about the recent Council Link Trends Report. But before I introduce today's guests, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnect.com. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Nexa formerly known as AnswerOne, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or online at www.nexa.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers, providing solutions since 1999. TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. www.timesolve.com. My guests today are two. First, Scott Wallingford, the Vice President and General Manager of Legal Software Solutions at LexisNexis. Scott has been in that role since 2015 and helps to manage an active portfolio of software solutions, including Interaction, CounselLink, and Juris. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jared. Great to be here. And also, as if one person from LexisNexis is ever enough, we have another one Aaron Pierce, who's the Vice President and General Manager of the Council Link business. With over 20 years of technology leadership experience and over 10 years in the legal software space, Aaron is passionate about helping legal professionals achieve greater outcomes through data-driven decisions. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jared. We do travel in groups. <laughs> right. What are those called? Like flocks, murders? How would a group of like data-driven legal professionals be described? An array. Oh, I like I like that. See, you had an, you had an answer ready to go. I'm impressed. Let's talk a little bit about LexisNexis HQ, right? You guys are located in Raleigh, Durham. Can you speak a little bit to the chicken cheddar biscuits at the Timeout Restaurant in Chapel Hill? Not on my end. I'm a Raleigh guy, not a Chapel Hill guy. 
not a Chapel Hill guy. Crickets, gentlemen, on the chicken cheddar biscuits? All right, can I tell you a little bit of something then, since we're on the show here? You live right there. Chicken cheddar biscuits, timeout restaurant in Chapel Hill are tremendous. I recommend that after we're done here, you run out and get one. We do a recap show, and then you tell me all about it. Sound like a deal? <laughs> Sounds like a deal. All right, let's get paid. Let's get talking about stuff our sponsors want to talk about, because we are supposed to be talking about the legal industry after the fact, and not the biscuit sandwich industry. The Council Link Survey. Aaron, can you tell me a little bit about this survey? How did it start? How often is it updated? And kind of what are the goals of producing a survey like this for you folks? Yeah, absolutely. So it came from a recognition about 10 years ago that as a SaaS software product, Counseling was sitting on a gold mine of valuable information that we think is of benefit to the industry as a whole. So law firm rates, matter disposition, matter information. And we took an effort about 10 years ago to, to pull together this database of anonymized information that's contributed kind of voluntarily by our customers. And then we provide that information within the CounselLink application, but we also publish an annual trends report. And we kind of take a look at the data that we're seeing in this aggregated data and and come up with some meaningful conclusions based upon that information. So really the goal is provide benchmarks to the industry, both for corporate legal and for law firms to help inform decision-making around how you price legal services. Now, before we jump into the survey proper, I think it makes sense to talk a little bit about how CounselLink works, right? Because it sounds like the functioning of CounselLink is directly related to pulling the data into the survey. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. So CounselLink is a, as I said, it's a SaaS-based tool providing legal spend management as well as work management capabilities to corporate legal departments. And so the key here is that outside counsel that corporate legal departments engage with will submit their fees as well as their invoices into the CounselLink platform where the corporations can review and approve and adjust as necessary. And in the course of all of that work is where we gain the insight to the aggregated uh, legal spend information that then makes its way into the database as well as into this ultimately into the transfer. Cool. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right. So this survey itself that we're talking about, the CounselLink survey for 2019, that's divided into six key metrics, right? So can you talk to me a little bit about each of those and how you decided to utilize those as the main metrics in the survey? Absolutely. So four of the six key metrics are really related to that core hourly rate information. So we have blended rates by practice area, we have partner rates, rate growth by size of firm or geography or practice area. There remains a heavy focus on hourly rates because it is really what's most interest in the benchmarking data. And and frankly, the vast majority of legal work continues to be priced on an hourly basis. The other two metrics that can be a little bit more interesting potentially are the number of law firms that account for 80% of a department's outside counsel spend. And so what we're seeing is most legal departments have consolidated their vendors to be able to leverage that volume and get lower fees overall. And so we like to follow through on that trend. And then the last metric is the percent of spend or percent of matters that are billed under some form of alternative fee arrangement. Again, getting out of that hourly world and into understanding where alternative fees may be more effective and help to see where use of alternative fees might be increasing in particular areas. Right. And I think that's reflective of the reality of the situation. So that makes sense. Um, Scott, you've been quiet to this point. You probably went out to get a biscuit. Do you have anything to add to that? 
Well, I think what you're seeing here in terms of CounselLink and leveraging the data and actually publishing surveys is reflective of how we run the software division of LexisNexis, which really is lead by listening. And by that, we spend a lot of time with our clients trying to understand their key needs, whether it's a law firm trying to grow, or in this case, a corporate law department trying to figure out how to better manage their spend, selection of counsel, et cetera. Increasingly, right, the world is run on data. That's no different for law firms or corporate law departments. And so CounselLink is really trying to help our clients be better informed about how to select the right partners for their legal service. As Aaron said, when you're seeing more and more consolidation by corporate law departments to use fewer firms for a larger portion of their work, it's important to pick the right partners. So it is really much more than what's the right fee to charge, but it's how do you select the right strategic partner to drive your business forward. Right. Makes a lot of sense. And so since the survey is structured under these six key metrics, let's talk about each of those in turn for the remainder of the show. So let's start with the first, which is this notion of blended hourly rates by practice area. Aaron, what does the volatility of blended hourly rates say about what law firms can do better in terms of setting rates to more effectively capture value? Yeah, so both law firms and corporate legal departments should be driving for low volatility of these blended rates when they're looking across a set of similar matters, right? So there shouldn't really be that much volatility in what a firm charges for employment matters related to immigration, as an example. And so what you're going to see in the results is in large part due to the fact that the different categories that we might have are pretty broad. And so we're going to encourage people to look at their own legal work at a more granular level and examine how volatile their rates might be within that. That makes a lot of sense. Scott, anything on that? Did you like to add? No, I think that Aaron hit it well. This is all about making sure there's lower volatility, higher throughput on the legal service that law firms would like to provide and corporate counsel would love to secure. Right. Works better on both sides. Yes, it does. We've talked a little bit about the survey to this point. We're going to get into it in more depth in a second. But for now, we've reached the end of the first part of our show. So let's take a break and we'll come back after these words from our sponsors. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexus virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much, much more. Nexus ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a very special offer. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at TimeSolve.com. That's www.timesolvleaveofftheye.com. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V.com. Thanks for coming back. I've returned from buying a new pair of sandals, which I do every 30 years, just like Eugene Toombs. So let's get back to our conversation with Scott Wallingford and Aaron Pierce, both of LexisNexis. We're talking about the 2019 Council Link survey results and what they mean for lawyers. So the second metric highlighted in the study of six is the consolidation of technology by law firms. 
what does that mean and how is that trend accelerating um, for buyers of legal services and also for law firms themselves? How are each affected by this? Yeah, the trend to consolidate, as we mentioned previously, the kind of fewer law firms utilized by corporate legal departments really has been accelerating and has been accelerating over the last 10 years or so. It seems over the last few years to have stabilized a little bit. In our last report, 61% of corporate legal departments used 10 or fewer firms for 80% of their legal spend. And so again, this really gets back to building strong relationships, having key firms that you utilize for the vast majority of the work that you do within the legal department. Right. And Scott, doesn't that mean from a law firm perspective, somebody who wants corporate legal buyers to hire them, don't you have to be that much better than you were five, 10 years ago to get hired and stay hired? Absolutely. The world has fundamentally changed. The way corporations secure their legal services, the partnerships that they attract, or I mean, strategic partnerships in that sense, it's very different than the business used to be developed and won in years past. Data is at the root of how you perform, how you demonstrate that you as the law firm can be more effective for the corporation than they were five years ago. You have to speak the language of business, and that is increasingly data when it comes to dealing with corporate counsel. Absolutely, right. And I think so surveys like yours, counsel link data that businesses have access to, like this is essential when you start making decisions about where to place your legal spend, right, Aaron? Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about metric three, right? So the third metric that you address in the report is this notion uh, that's related to alternative fee arrangements or AFAs, as some people abbreviate them. We talked about this a little bit, like everybody's been talking for years about AFAs replacing or overtaking hourly fees. That hasn't happened to this point. As you address, the reality of it is that more law firms are still using hourly rates. So more corporations are buying legal services at hourly rates. Do you see that changing at some point? Is there a trend line that you've identified? Or does this look to be the situation for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think the revolution is not happening necessarily as quickly as the hype may have led folks to believe in the industry. But the trend line is continuing to move up. And so we're still seeing that uptick in the use of alternative fee arrangements relative to hourly bailing. In the latest report, more than 12% of matters had at least some sort of non-hourly arrangement associated with it. And as you look into different categories, there's categories like employment and labor, where we're seeing upwards of 20% of the volume build under some sort of alternative fee arrangement. So that could be simple flat fee or some form of contingency or other, other alternative arrangement. Particularly interesting to note in the last report is that mergers and acquisition saw a pretty significant increase in AFA activity, nearly doubling about 10% of the matters in the database. And so you're starting to see, particularly as M&A transactions are increasing, the opportunity to get a little bit more creative in how you price. So ultimately, and maybe this is a question for Scott, where do you think the pressure to change is going to come from as law firms move from hourly rates to AFAs? Is that going to come from the law firms who want to engage business on the corporate level? Or is that going to come from corporations who are going to force lawyers to change their billing practices? Or does it come from somewhere else entirely, like potentially the adoption of an ABS model in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a great question, Jared. I think you're going to see it come a little bit from all three, but the dominant metric or the dominant force is going to come from the corporate side. And by that, I think they're looking for more creative ways to align incentives between getting the right legal service to 
approach the right legal issues in a cost-effective way. Where people still have quite a bit focused on the hourly rate, you're seeing mixes of people and partner rates and all of those types of factors that go into what the firm actually pays for the matter to be complete. You also have AFAs, which is another way to get to a very similar measure. So I think the force is still coming from corporates to say, how do I make sure I'm getting the best legal service for the right type of problem at a very cost-effective rate that makes sense on all these performance dimensions? And then you work out with the law firm, what's the exact right structure? So just because we still see a preponderance of work done under hourly rates does not mean that you're not having a change in how work is purchased. Right. I think that's an important point to make as well, because like big corporations are just like individual legal consumers, right? In the sense that everybody wants to get after cost certainty at some level, correct? Oh, absolutely. If you think about the number one thing in business and where did all this start, right, from a strategic sourcing mindset years ago, it was about getting more predictable spend around the things that are important to continue your business successfully. Back in the day, it started with commodities and how do you do paper clips? It's moved to much more sophisticated services today. It's about just getting a lower price. It's about picking the right partner such that you focus on the right incentives and then you take away the friction in the system that was not necessary for the business to get done. And that's where I think you see a lot of these metrics helping both the corporations and the law firms focus on what is really important here in that relationship to be successful. And then those relationships continue. You'll see more and more firms serve clients for approaching decades as opposed to you do work for two years and then you're out. It makes sense. Data-driven decision-making and legal. Who knew it would ever happen? We're getting there. All right, so let's turn our attention to what concerns about half the study, actually, which is partner rates. So let's start, and we'll get into this in the third part of the show, which is coming up. But let's start by discussing some of the trends that the study relays respecting partner rates. Uh, Aaron, can you kick us off on that front? Yeah, I think the headline, in particular in this section, is that while most people would know that partners at large law firms have traditionally charged more for their services than those that work at smaller firms, the data really shows that the rate gap between the biggest firms and the rest of the industry has widened dramatically in recent years. Firms with more than 750 lawyers have billable rates that are 53% higher than the next tier down of firms, the 500 to 750 lawyer firms. This compares to a 45% gap in last year and a 40% gap the year before that. So it's really that delta is accelerating between the very biggest of firms and the remaining firms in the industry. Scott, anything on trends that you want to address before we take a break? No, I think that the data speaks for itself. Ah, yes. And that's a good summation to end on, at least this section of the podcast. So we'll take our second and last show break. While I try to figure out how to make the perfect mac and cheese, it's an ongoing struggle. Listen to these words from our sponsors. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect the friendly, highly trained, and motivated live receptionists who are well-known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. 
As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. All right, thanks once more for sticking around. I didn't get any better offers either. We continue to talk with Scott Wallingford and Aaron Pierce of LexisNexis, who've been discussing with me the results of the most recent Council Link Trends Report, which came out in late 2019. So let's find out more. So Aaron, as you were saying previously before we hit this break, there's a massive gap and growing with partner rates in small firms versus large firms. Now that's to be expected to some extent, of course, but are there ways that small firm partners can close that gap? And should they be looking to do so? Is that like a differentiator that's effective for them in acquiring corporate work? Yeah, I think it certainly can be. I think it's important for them to keep their eyes on the benchmarks, understand where the rates are, and make sure that to the extent that they're able to be in line, they are in line. So they won't necessarily be able to charge as much as the largest firms that that may provide a different suite of services, but there's always a niche for firms of different sizes to be able to fit in on when they can focus on how they can provide that higher value work and keep in line with what a reasonable fee is to charge for that work. Right, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess it's probably obvious in follow-up to that, that partner rates are higher in larger cities and states. That makes sense too. What about those trends respecting rate increases that you talked about and the differentiation between big and small firms? Is that growing consistently in large states and cities too? Or is that delta higher in metropolitan areas versus smaller areas? There's certainly variability year to year as to which geographies or which kind of big metro areas might have the highest rate increases. Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Seattle all had growth of at least 4% over the last two to three years. But the other thing to keep in mind, particularly when looking at the benchmarking data and understanding the data is a lot of the rate trends are strongly correlated to the type of legal work being performed. So as we've seen an uptake in M&A work over the last several years and corporate transactions as well, those are the highest dollar value work that you're going to see. And they tend to be handled by larger firms that are in those larger cities but not necessarily exclusively. And so the more high value work that law firms can take on, the more likely they are to be able to see those types of rate increases in their own billings. Right, that's interesting. So you're also seeing differentiators in the types of work that small versus large firms are taking on. Absolutely. That's interesting. Uh, Scott, do you have anything to add on this front in terms of like rates based on geography? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's actually less about the geography and more about the type of work. But those that specific type of work, especially M&A, is going to be concentrated in certain geographies, right? Closer to the investment banks, typically, which is why you see the New York, Chicago, L.A., Seattle. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, say I'm a lawyer who wants to get corporate work, and I want to make as much money as possible. I'm not greedy or anything, but, you know, what kind of practice areas should I be focusing on? You mentioned a couple, but is there a group that I could rely on for consistent work that's going to pay me the most money? So notwithstanding the move to kind of more flat fees that we're seeing among the M&A side of things, I mean, I think the the M&A realm is the realm that's experiencing the most growth and is also tends to have the highest legal fees. I liked how you gave a lawyerly answer there. You were very close to saying it depends, (laughs) which makes sense. 
And in turn, are you seeing any trends in new practice areas beyond M&A that corporations are really finding a need for that large and or small firms could take advantage of, like looking forward, not like today's results? Yeah, that you know that that's that one is an it depends, right? Um, it's it's <laughs> it's hard to see, you know, in the trends again. We're seeing the corporate side and the M and A is always going to continue to be among the highest, and a number of different practice areas that tend to have lower average rates. So I think hitching your horse to a corporate or to an M and A is going to continue to be the way to go over the next few years. Good advice, um, Scott, Aaron. Uh, let's start with Scott. Anything we haven't addressed about the survey that you wanted to hit on? No, I think we've covered a lot of the key points. There's great data that CounselLink has to help inform that strategic relationship between corporate law departments and outside counsel. And the benefits of data is it causes people to think about how they're doing the strategic relationship a bit differently. And having, as Aaron said, we've been doing this for 10 years. So there's a great longitudinal base of data that shows how things go up, how they decline over time as new forces are at play in the dynamic between corporate counsel and law firms. Yeah, having a long-term study like this is really essential, I think. And it kind of dovetails with massive technology changes that have been happening in the legal industry as well. So that's really helpful to see fleshed out. Like we said at the beginning, and here at CounselLink, we like to use data to help make better decisions about how you run the business of law and about how you practice law. And with this particular report, it gives you a great opportunity to put a lens on yourself, understand how you fit, whether you're on the corporate side or on the law firm side, as far as the trends are concerned. And it gives you a benchmark against which you can you know, continue to look at making those improvements to your practice. Right. So I'm I'm still trying to get over the massive disappointment that you guys have not yet had the chicken sandwich at Time Out Restaurant yet. I'm going to send you the link to that as soon as we're done with our podcast. <laughs> and hopefully I can get a report at some point. But now here's the big North Carolina question. And you can both answer and hopefully you're on opposite sides. Duke or North Carolina? Well, the funny part, Jared, is we are actually headquartered on North Carolina State's campus. Oh, oh, you're throwing me a curveball. Just curve to ball. add the third dimension here. Wow, okay. But uh, I am unequivocally Duke through and through, but I'm an alum, so that helps. Oh, all right, Scott. <laughs> uh, so I was born and raised in the Bay Area and the West Coast. And so growing up, it was more about Stanford or Cal than mm. it was ever about Duke or North Carolina. Fair. And uh Quite frankly, the uh, zeal with which many Southerners take their college basketball is, it was eye-opening to me when I moved here. So <laughs> I, am a, uh, I am a happy fan and I love to watch me some college basketball, but I have no uh, Southeast affiliation. Way to equivocate. Well done, sir. <laughs> um, may I say, though, San Francisco Dons, 1955 and 56 NCAA national champions, right? There you go. Bill Russell? That's right. That was a good squad. Well... We've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. Let's bring it home. Seems like we're going off the rails just a little bit. This was the podcast about Council Link's 2019 Trends Report, and we've been talking with Scott Wallingford and Aaron Pierce of LexisNexis. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at Legal Talk Network. Dot com, And I would be remiss if I did not say that I am a Duke fan as well. 
Um, now everyone will hate me. Thanks again to Scott Wallingford and Aaron Pierce of LexisNexis for making an appearance as my guests today. All right, Scott, Aaron, and we'll start with Scott here. Can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you folks, what you do, and about the LexisNexis products you work on? Sure. We spent a lot of time today talking about CouncilLink, and the easiest way to find us is CouncilLink.com. That website will take you right in, show you everything we're working on, and connects to our broader portfolio for the LexisNexis legal software. Awesome. Aaron, anything from you? Personal cell phone? <laughs> Scott pointed you to the right place. I will say that the Legal Trends Report is one of the many things that you can get access to via the counseling.com website. So look forward to hearing from folks that get a chance to take a look at it. Check it out. Don't call Aaron on his personal cell phone. <laughs> Thanks again. I talked to Scott Wallingford and Aaron Pierce of LexisNexis. Finally, thanks to all you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where doves cry. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.